This is Elijah Thomas, and you are listening to the By Faith Podcast, sharing the stories of Jesus followers around the world who are living their lives by faith. In this episode, I talked to Raul Costia. God called Raul to help start a church in Oltenia, Romania, where he and his family are currently serving. Here's some of his story. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, Hope Church and what you do there and how it got started? So, the Lord told us or showed me the need in the southern part of Romania. I was uh, raised in the same time, same town like. Uh, Chris Kirsten's husband, you know, John. Mm-hmm, yeah. We grew up together in the same town where you had more Christians. So a while ago, God showed me the need of spreading the gospel in the southern part of Romania, here where we are now, where our point two, zero point two born-again believers so because of that, um, I started praying that the God will send missionaries over here. And, uh, and uh, after a few months, um, by praying like this, the Lord uh, spoke to me. And he told me that uh, um, I should go, you know. <laughs> So that was the starting, and uh, we came, and in 2002-2003, I started recruiting a team, ending of the the end of 2002. So beside me and my wife, we recruited other three, mm-hmm. and 15, June, 15 of June in 2003, we had the first gatherings. We invited people from the town, a town with 12,000 people, uh, to hear the gospel. So after a few months, we had the first baptism, like 11 people. Since then, every year we have either one, two, three baptism, depends, as the people are coming to the Lord. Mm. But at the beginning... um, the beginning we were facing with different obstacles like the mentality here was that uh, um, we should uh, not be here the people said you should not be here we don't need you while you're here go back from your place Mm. you're eating kids you're drinking blood from our kids or stuff like this Hmm. almost every day we were at the police station I mean they call me almost every day at the police station and they ask me why I'm here even the police police uh, chef 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 how you say it Mm -hmm. 
the chef. Yeah, he said, yes, he said to me very clear, sitting on his armchair there uh, with full authority, he said to me clearly, he said, it will never be a Baptist church here in this town. Wow. While I'm sitting on this chair, it will never be a church here. <laughs> so I said to God, it's big, he, this guy is bigger than me. And um, a year later, God removed him from the chair. So today is <laughs> a church. But uh, we were followed everywhere. Imagine that the police, they came... Uh, and they they came to my apartment and asked me, like a friend from my from the north side of Romania, came to visit me. Why he's here? Are you a spy from the embassy, U.S. U.S. government, or you know? I said no, or you know, pressure like that. The good stuff, the good thing, mm. by being uh, uh, almost every day at the police station was that they asked me to declare what I'm teaching the people. So uh-huh. that was the good stuff because it's a document now written down that I'm preaching the gospel. I said, they what they need to hear the gospel. So that is a good thing mm. is the document sitting in the police station that the gos- they hear the gospel and many officers, they were hearing the gospel. <laughs> So that was a good stuff, but uh, you know, it was so many uh, situations like this, this pressure, mm. and uh, uh, <clears throat> you said that you want to hear some stories too. Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, like one, for example, in this context where where the pressure from the people, the the priest, Orthodox priest, they want me, kick me out from the town. They collect signatures from people and they made a table that I should go, I should leave the town. So people from the town uh, signed that I, I should leave the town, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. But in that time was illegal. This is Ill- because I'm a Romanian citizen. So they had no the rights. So anyway, in this context where I'm not trusted, I'm not I'm not accepted, but still seeing the lost people of 12,000 people and seeing the need of starting churches here, spreading the gospel, I said I need to build the the ministry here based on trust. How I get the trust? That was the question. So. Uh, a team of a hundred Americans. They supposed to. They ask me, okay, uh, if you want, we come to your town. We build a hospital. We build the the high school. We have a high school with like close to fifteen hundred kids. Mm, you know. Yeah. And they said, we, we will fix this hospital and the hospital and the high school and then we will spread the gospel and I said that's my moment because mm. coming with uh, this dedication a hundred Americans and fixing everything here like hospital and, and just being here and buy the stuff on this town mm. with 4,000 people it's already 
lift him out the economy and everything. Mm. So I said, uh, this is the moment. But uh, they needed a place to stay, where to stay. And the only place at that time to stay, a hundred Americans, was the high school dorm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where the dorms are. So I went to to the um, to to the office there, the high school office, and I I spoke with the head teacher, you know. Yeah. The the guy that was in charge yeah. with the high school, mm-hmm. and he said to me that uh, he, we can have uh, the dorms, so that he can host wow. the Americans in mm-hmm. the dorms. But exactly in that time, in that period, I went to visit his uh, uh, his daughter-in-law and his son and his nephew and grandson, you know. Mm-hmm. So visiting their family, I started sharing the gospel in the same time with, with them, you know. It was the same period of time. He uh, and then I got the delegation, the, the group of people yeah. from USA, and they uh, they said yes, we come in the summer. They came in the winter, and they said yes, we come in the summer. And uh, I was very interested in that uh, they said yes, we will come, and they bought the tickets. Uh, we are speaking about thousands and thousands of dollars, like wow. a lot of yes, money. Yes, yes plus time and everything. Mm-hmm. A hundred Americans is coming overseas, taking out two weeks from their time. And, uh, you know, it's not just easy. Mm-hmm. So we said, yes, we go. Uh, they come. They come here and uh, they said they they were coming in the summertime. So all was prepared. Right. Except when the head teacher heard me that I'm going there to visit his uh, daughter, uh, son, you know, sister, daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. and his son. He told me very clearly in one day, if you ever go to visit my family, to speak about your religion with my family, you, have, you will have a problem with me in this town because he was very known. Mm. He was in the local local government as well the head teacher. So he said you will have issues with me. Hearing that I knew what was the problem. Mm. If I continue to go to visit him, uh, his daughter in law, then he has the power to say no to Americans to come anymore. So the pressure came into my heart, in my mind, because on on one hand, I had the promise to the Americans, a hundred people buying the tickets, being prepared, all the involvement, the engagement to fix the roof, fix the hospital, fix everything here, all was prepared. But on the other hand, I was called to preach the gospel. So what should I do? Mm. So leaving the leaving the conversation with him, I went back to going up to I live at the fourth floor uh, in our apartment, and I feel the pressure was so intensive over me. 
And I started praying and over and even crying. And I said, Lord, what should I do? Um, so if I preach the gospel, continue to preach the gospel to this family, I'm losing the Americans and all what we build till here to, you know, the trust. On the other hand, mm -hmm. if I say uh, uh, on accepting this, uh, the compromise, mm -hmm. then uh, I is almost like not preaching the gospel, What why I came here. So, and the Holy wow. Spirit brought me in my, in my mind the the um that uh, uh verse that so pressure is the soul into the eyes of God like more than more than the entire world what how much is cost a soul for the entire world you know mm. so thinking to that it, i just said to myself I know what that's this, this is the answer. Mm. So I continued to go to visit that family. And yes, uh the head teacher kept his his promise and we lost Americans and all the money and everything. Wow. And all what was planned. Mm. But uh, his daughter-in-law became a Christian, a Christ follower. Oh. Genuine wow. one. And she She's a professor in the high school. His his grandson, he was the smartest one in the high school. Very good, smart guy, uh, guy boy. His granddaughter became a Christian. And this guy, he was very smart, very well known in the high school. And he became a Christian. And he had the courage to share the gospel with everyone, like telling people that he's a believer. That makes sense. Mm, yeah. Wow. And uh, so their their influence during the year was more powerful than two weeks influence <laughs> of the Americans. So, but I didn't know in that time. Right. So he, after finishing the high school, he went to the university in Bucharest, one of the top university in Bucharest. And when he was in a second year at the university. Uh, suddenly died at the 20 when he was 20 years he died like heart attack kaput died uh, you know the grandson of the high school teacher the young man that became a Christian and top in the high school top in a, everywhere you know very yeah. smart yeah. very dedicated yeah. to the Lord when he was at the second year or the third year in university while he was in a university, heart attack and died. Whoa, at 22. And that was a shock for mm -hmm. everyone, because she was he was very well known in the city. He was young man and very dedicated. So at his funeral, hundreds and hundreds of people, like local from the local government, pro professors and everyone here came, and was. So the, that funeral drew more people than we ever can draw, you know, hearing the gospel. And we just finished the building here. And they said, it was so uh, 
it was so powerful. It was so powerful wow. that uh, that we we never can uh, uh, think or thought how uh, to do something like. So during the time, I saw that that decision was in God's will mm. because during the time, God impacted more than I can ever ima- ima- imagine through the uh, uh, way how you, uh, you know, the way how you build the kingdom here. So uh, it was preached the gospel in that day and many, many people hear the gospel. And so anyway, I gave you a story mm. to understand the context, yeah, the yeah. pressure, but in the same mm. time, uh, we understand the best strategies. Just follow the Lord, obedience. <laughs> uh, okay, maybe you have other questions because I don't just that was mm. a one story. No, man. And at that funeral, at that funeral, what was interesting because a lot of people here packed with with people. The head teacher that when he saw his family became a Christian, the head teacher came to me uh, and he said, I hate you. I will I cause you problem in this town mm. uh, because he has no more control over the family because they became a Christian. Mm. And uh, But at the funeral, he came to me and he cried and he said uh, uh, very nice words. Very, very nice words, showing uh, uh, that his heart became soft and uh, different. So God changed his attitude as well. But his dad drew more people than we can ever imagine. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, I, I was wondering if I could ask um, what kind of ministry, just kind of context for what kind of ministry is is Hope Church doing? I, I think I saw on the website e- even some like um, service projects going on in uh, in its Oltenia. Is that the area that you guys are operating yes. in? Our ministry is kids ministry. It's service around the community, like after school program or eyeglasses ministry or New Testament for every single house youth programs, youth ministries or street evangelists or house visits or so different, different ministries. Mm. The whole idea of the ministry is to spread the gospel, spread the hope of Christ by investing in people's souls through the gospel, evangelists and discipleship, equip them in Christ. Mm. And then meeting their physical needs that sometimes uh, that, that means food or, we have a program called Fishing Rod, Not the Fish. So instead of just giving people food, you give the rod, the rod, you know. Mm. So that's uh, that's why we we say uh, Fishing Rod, Not the Fish. So for example, we we buy a cow. I'm giving you an example for a family, and the baby cow, the first baby cow, they will they are required to give for the next family. Mm. So a family that has a has a need, for example, to survive with the milk or cheese from the cow, they can sell it and they can have it. So the 
produce some income but also they need to give the baby cow to the next family. So it's spreading like we have the fourth or fifth generation. Mm. Wow. Same with the greenhouses or beehives, like we buy 10 beehives for a family, then the after two years, four or five beehives, they need to give for the next family mm. because they multiply it. I love so, that. It's an awesome, uh, awesome ministry. I, I was wondering how can... How can we be praying for you? How can um, us or whoever listens to this conversation be praying for Hope Church? So my main job is to constantly either raise. Now I have eight students that I'm raising them as a missionaries. So in eight, in six months, uh, through ten models, you know, mo- mo- like courses. They go through like practice and knowledge about what mission is and courses. And in six months, they will realize if they are called or not to be missionaries. And those who are called, we equip them to and send them as missionaries to start new churches, be involved in new ministries, you know. So that's uh, an important prayer request is to have the knowledge and the wisdom with the team that we are investing in these new new future missionaries and to have the guidance from God, you know, for that. This is one prayer request. Another prayer request is to be able to recruit, to recruit future missionaries like uh, from other countries. Like I said, we have from America, from Canada, from Germany, from England, uh, from other places, missionaries. So, in the process to recruit future missionaries, we need wisdom to identify the the mm-hmm. ones that are really mm-hmm. called by God to be here missionaries. And uh, I have about 50 interviews per year, but uh, not too many stays. And the main reason why not too many people are staying being long-term missionaries is because I, I wrote the article is because the cross. Mm. So we say mission means dying according with the Bible, with Paul, with other people. They 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 had the mentality mm. if I'm going to mission, that means daily I need to die, daily I need to be prepared. Mm. Not just uh I'm overcoming my desires or so not not that time. Yeah, yeah. Is uh physical death because Mm -hmm. the cross in the first century means physical death Mm -hmm. so for in in my case for example i had situation when somebody put the knife on my neck and they said if you ever preach the gospel i will cut off your neck so what do you do in this case Mm -hmm. so uh you you never know (laughs) you never know so you need to be prepared This is the mentality. Mission means be ready to die Mm. for the Lord. And because we want to keep this filter in while we're recruiting, you don't have too many candidates. Even I have 50 interviews, you don't have too many candidates for mission. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. Mm. And so you you need prayer to to finding the right candidates? Yes, Mm. to find them. For long-term mission, this is another. And of course, you can pray for us to find more partners. Mm. Once we have the missionaries, we need 
partners for them, to support them, to pray, to encourage them. Uh, so we need more partners. So these three things, it's very, very important mm. in order to spread the gospel, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And and uh, I have to let you go. I'm, I'm about at the time limit, but can I pray for you? Is that all right? Yeah, 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 of awesome. course. Dear Jesus, I just am so um, encouraged by the conversation with Raul and challenged in that um, even in ministry, um, sometimes we have to be ready to give up our lives, Jesus. And what does it mean to take up our cross, Lord? And Lord, I, I pray for um, that you would give Raul wisdom in finding the right candidates to serve in the ministry, God, and that there would be support, yes. um, God, for him. And for each ministry, uh, each missionary, that uh, each candidate that he does pick, God, I pray that you would miraculously provide supporters um, to help them, God. Yes. And I pray that you would reach um, more people in Altenia, Lord, the students, um, the elderly, Lord, and, and God, that um, even when the pressure is high, Jesus, that you would work there. Um, I thank you for the stories and that you would remind Raul that you've done so much um, and that you're going to continue to do so much, Lord. And, um, remind uh, us all, Lord, remind us to be obedient. Um, I'm just so encouraged by that, Lord, to be obedient, um, even when it doesn't look, when it doesn't make sense, Lord. And I pray that you'd be with Raul and his wife. Give them encouragement and perseverance, Lord, to the end, uh, to make it to the finish line, Lord. For this in your name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking. I'm so encouraged by you. Okay. All right. Excellent. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the By Faith Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Raul Costilla or Hope Church, the links will be in the description. Conscience, or even a word on my tongue.